This is Gina Marie Rodriguez, and you're listening to the Jersey Arts Podcast. Over a decade ago now, a Korean musical genre known as K-pop rose in popularity amongst U.S. audiences. And we can probably thank Psy and his song Gangnam Style for that. But there's so much more to Korean music than K-pop, and U.S. audiences are in for a treat when they discover Tello Kayagum. The group, founded by Austrian cellist Saul Daniel Kim and Kayagum player Da Young Yoon, will be introducing U.S. audiences to their unique sound with their first North American tour. In celebration of the Lunar New Year, Tello Kayagum will pursue their mission to create harmony of East and West. For music enthusiasts, this is where classical music meets Korean tradition. I had the pleasure of speaking with Saul Daniel Kim about Tello Kayagum's music, history, and passion. I learned a lot about classical music fusion, and I hope you will too. For those Korean speakers listening, please forgive my accent. I promise I did try my best. That said, here is my interview with Saul Daniel Kim of Tello Kayagum. Thank you so much for being with me. I really, really appreciate this. Can you do me a favor and teach me how to properly pronounce your name and the the group's name? Uh, all right. So uh, my name is Saul Daniel Kim. It's just Saul Daniel Kim. And um, Taeyong Yoon is the Gaiyangan player. Um, so it's just Da and Young. Young like young age, Taeyong, Taeyong Yoon. Um, our group name is called Cello Kayagum. So Cello is just like the cello. And Kayagum is spelled a little bit weirdly. Like you have a G-A-Y-A-G-E-U-M. But it's um, pronounced very easily. If you just remove the E and U between the G and M, that was very complicated right now, then you'll get it perfectly. So it's Kaya and then Kum. So GM. Imagine you have Kaya and then just GM. Okay, so cello kayagam. That's perfect. That okay. couldn't be more perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Said with zero confidence, but <laughs> I'll get it. That that was that was that was it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I was I was trying to look it up um, so that I could see a, a, how to pronounce it phonetically, and it's spelled. If you look at the the phonetic spelling, it's spelled K A Y A G U M. Yeah, oh, yeah. That makes sense. I. I prefer uh, hearing someone say it first, though, before I try to sound it myself. So thank you. Thank you for the lesson. I appreciate it. Is this your first North American tour? Um, actually, we've been in San Francisco last year. Okay. So uh, we've played there um, and in Silicon Valley and in Napa Valley, actually. Like, we had three small concerts. But this is, like, our first really big tour. Like, it's, like... We never had a tour this big, actually, because we always uh, went to Europe, for example, for like a couple of concerts, maybe two or three. But 14, that's 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 a big tour, I guess, for us, at least. That is a big tour. You're covering multiple states because before you said California, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. well, we're focused on New Jersey here. So we'll talk about all the exciting performances you have coming up in New Jersey. I believe you have four of them, actually. So, yeah. Good news for all of our New Jersey followers. Can you explain to me the origin story, I suppose, of of how this group came together? How did you and Da Young work together? Um, yeah, it's actually it's actually a very interesting story because um, my nationality is actually not Korean. I'm uh, I was born in Austria, 
and I have an Austrian nationality. And I was living in Berlin by the time when I met uh, Taeyong. I just finished my studies there and she was in Berlin because she was part of an exchange program from her university. Um, and she was supposed to be a Kayagam teacher at the Korean Culture Center there. And uh, the Culture Center in Berlin, um, they have multiple events uh, during the year and they host multiple concerts as well. And one of the concerts was classical music meets Korean traditional music. So um, I was invited there to play with Taeyong and with some other players together. Um, some chamber music that was written for Kayagum and String Quartet, actually. And we played those pieces together and I thought, hmm, actually, I would like to learn more about the Kayagum. So I just reached out to Taeyong and I asked her, like, would you mind just having a jam session with me and just let's let's just try out something? And she was like, sure, let's let's do it. And we started jamming and that's when our first piece just uh, was made, which is called Dreamlike Fantasy. And that's how we started. And yeah, that's basically our origin story. Uh, we started there. Um, we weren't sure if the piece that we made was nice until friends reassured us that's actually something that sounds very nice. You should try to perform it somewhere. And we asked the Korea Culture Center to just um, put us in into some smaller events. And we always had a good resonance with the audience. And that's when we started to create more music. And uh, one thing led to another thing. And then we suddenly started having concerts through Europe. And then we started also to win some competitions in Korea. And then we thought, okay, that's something that we should pursue pursue further, like professionally. So that's how we came onto here. That's so cool. And it's funny to hear you say that it was a jam session because I don't I don't picture classical music and jam sessions going together, but this is also yeah. coming from someone who doesn't play music or or necessarily have the vernacular <laughs> to speak about music but I love mm -hmm. that I love that you you came together and you found something that worked for each of you can you also tell me about the instrument you're playing I think I read that you're currently playing on an instrument from 1825 is that still accurate yes yes that's true that's true like um yeah my instrument is actually very uh special I guess because uh, it's made by a guy who's not very well known. It's a uh, it's a Swedish cello, so it's like from Stockholm, and that in itself is very special because normally when you picture a cello, when you think of cello, like most of musicians would think, oh, it's Italian or it's French or whatever. Um, so it's not very common that you get something from Scandinavia actually. Uh, but yeah, um, this cello is uh, lent to me by a very nice sponsor. Um, and I'm playing on it in a not-so-classical way. And I'm very happy that my sponsor is mad about that. Like, he's actually supporting my music a lot. So that's, that's nice, because if you're starting hitting your instrument for rhythmical stuff, that's not, like, I guess not a lot of sponsors are going to like that. <laughs> but since the music is nice, I guess uh, he says, like, oh, that's cool. Just continue doing that. Well, we're always grateful for for those who sponsor the arts. So thank you to your sponsor for doing that. Yeah. 
there's this song that I like of yours. And I mean, I'm assuming that it's played on this, the same entrance instrument that we were just talking about, but it's, I want to get the name right. An Unusual Cowboy. Did oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really like that song and really, yeah. thanks. thanks no so I do but I again I hate sounding like I don't know what I'm talking about but when you say that your group is you're kind of cultural ambassadors bringing the east meets west and combining those two things but I I hear it I hear it in that song most of all but I couldn't I can't pinpoint what is the Western sound, what is the Eastern sound, and I don't know if this is a question that you can answer. But how do you, how do you distinguish the two, and then decide to combine them? Oh, all right. Um, I think uh, you can, you can think of it like that. Um, instead of trying to distinguish Western sounds and Eastern sounds, you should more think of it like. Um, symbiosis, like a new thing that's created by two ingredients. So sometimes if you cook a meal, um, there are some meals where you can distinguish the ingredients from each other. And then there are meals where you're like, that's totally new flavor. What is this? Like, what is this made out of? And I think our music is kind of like that. Um, it's so we are not focused on showing, oh, this is Korean music and oh, this is Western music or this is the cello, this is the kayak. And what we actually want to do is like we want to create our own sound. And actually, when you say you cannot pinpoint what's Western, what's Eastern, that's exactly what we want. That's exactly what we want. And I'm glad. I think, <laughs> yeah, totally. So I'm very happy because that's exactly what, uh, what we were looking for. And um, yeah, but still, of course, we have some, we have some, the ingredients are still Western music and Korean, Korean traditional music. So for example, in, in, in Unusual Cowboy, we are using some fiddling um, and some country music, for example, and then we're using some walking bass lines and we are inspired by jazz a little bit and by blues. And then suddenly it shifts into um, rhythm and five, uh, which is onmori. That's a Korean rhythmical pattern. And then it suddenly drifts into even more um, Far Eastern music style. So we wanted to have this um, panoramic view of just the, how this cowboy starts, I guess, in, the, in America somewhere just giving up his life, saying, I don't want to shoot bad guys anymore. I don't want to ride into the West, into the sunset. I want to do something else. And then he goes into the East and, he's, he, and he, he discovers all those landscapes and cultures that he would have never met if he would have gone West. So just like trying to try to imagine that he goes over the Atlantic Ocean, crosses Europe and then goes into Korea eventually. So that's actually our journey. Also, like Chalo Kayagun, we started in Berlin and now we are based in Korea. It's like the complete opposite way of how people would think because Korean music or Korean fusion groups or um, crossover groups mostly start in Korea and they try to get to Europe and perform there. But we started our career in Europe and 
then we came to Korea, and from there, our worldwide like tour started actually. And yeah, I absolutely adore that story, and it makes me wonder if, as you said, you were you were born in Austria. Were you familiar with the Korean music before you began working with Dayoung, or is this new to you as well in your your musical journey? I was absolutely not familiar with Korean music. Like there is one famous composer in classical music um, who was um, who was writing music inspired by Korean traditional music. So that was the only time when I was trying to get exposed to it a little bit. But it was so contemporary that I was like, um, maybe not. <laughs> so yeah, I actually never had the chance to really meet uh, somebody who plays a traditional instrument until I met Taeyong. So that, in 2016, that was an eye-opener for me because Korean traditional music for somebody who was trained classical sounds so different and so out of the world. Like it's, it, sounds, it sounds so modern and contemporary at the same time, it has, some, it has some structure and there's some story. And you're like, what am I listening to? What's going on? And what's this instrument? And then I was, I was listening to this Kayagum and I thought, the sound of the instrument somehow resonates with me. And um, I know I'm going to sound cheesy, but maybe it's because my roots are Korean. And that's something that resonated inside me. But I was like, this instrument is something that I really would like to play together with like and to work with like i've i had i had some collaborations with other instruments as well and i was i mean i was a classical musician my whole life but i was always looking for opportunities to expand my soundscapes and expand my musical knowledge by collaborating with jazz people or doing a lot of contemporary music but this kayakum was something different and i felt that like that was something that that was from the first moment I thought, okay, that's that's what I have to do. And then I just followed my gut instinct. And that's also something that I did for the first time in my life. I completely understand something cultural resonating with you and wanting to connect with your roots. So I really, I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that you pursued that and that you reached, you basically reached out to a stranger, right? You, you didn't know her when <laughs> yeah. you saw. I think that's exactly. such a great story. Thank you. Of course. My next question is slightly dangerous to ask artists, but I ask it anyway. It's like choosing a favorite child. But do you have a song that you adore playing more than anything else? Or are they all your babies and you love them equally? <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. Um, like it's it's asking a parent who's your favorite child. It's actually pretty mean, but <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. I have to squeeze in one mean question. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's totally fine. I was just joking, but um, it's very interesting. It's a very interesting question because we are always creating new music, and if you create something new, of course, because it's new. It's the most interesting thing right now. Okay, so like I would say always the newest thing that you make is the one that you like the most because then eventually you'll get used to it. But then there are some, there are some pieces that mark some milestones, I guess. And I think they, they, we can point them out 
And one of them is, of course, our first piece that I was talking about, Dreamlike Fantasy. That's like our first ever piece that we've made. And the interesting thing is that despite being our own music and despite being written and performed really a lot by us these days, it keeps getting more difficult on stage. And I don't know why. I think it's like, because I have, we have some expectations uh, to ourselves to, to play it even more perfect the next time. And uh, some people might say, but it's your thing. It's like, it's your piece. If you play wrong on stage, it's still your piece. Who cares? And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> so we want to play it even better all the time. So I think, yeah, Dreamlike Fantasy is one of those. And then Hanyang, for example, is also a piece that we like a lot. And that's because it's loved by our audience so much, I think. Like, they, they love it a lot. Yeah. And then there is, oh, oh my God. So now, okay, now I'm, now I'm, now, now I'm ranting. Like, wait, I wait, opened wait the second. door. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would still say Dreamlike Fantasy, I think. And it's, I think it's because it started it all. And it's still like, you get some analytics in, on Apple Music and stuff, and it still performs the best. And I think that says something. Absolutely. Well, I, I loved hearing you talk about your music. I think it's really important to hear the passion coming from an artist. And you mentioned your audiences as well. And I'd love to know what you're hoping audiences will take away when you, you know, when you bring this tour here, but, you know, especially our Jersey audiences, what do you, what would you like <laughs> to hear from our Jersey audiences? Um, like what we hope to do is, uh, to just open eyes and ears for those who've never embraced or who, who, who never had the chance to actually listen to Korean traditional instruments. Like, and I think um, our music kind of uh, is a nice doorway to open up that world. Because if you would just listen to traditional Korean music without ever having listened to something else that's kind of similar, you would be like, well, okay, well, what's that? It's like drinking black coffee for the first time, like drinking an espresso for the first time in your life. You're like, oh my God, what is that? But then if you, would, if you get used to it, you start to really like it and then you get crazy about it at some point, right? So I think... Um, Maybe you could start out with a sweet latte first or with a caramel macchiato or something, and then you work up your way to the real thing. So I think we're somewhere there at the caramel macchiato, I think. And there was one, there was one, um, there was one critics about our music and they said like, um, yeah, your music sounds like caramel macchiato. And I think that was a nice compliment. You're really great at these analogies, I have to say. <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> of course. No, I, I seem to deal a lot in analogies. And I I don't know if that's as I've gotten older or what, but I understand things better if somebody can give me an analogy for it. And I never used to be that way when I was young. So I really appreciate you speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Oh, but yeah, by the way, so you were asking what we were hoping uh, for, to, to hear from the Jersey audience. Like, um, yeah, we just we just hope that 
they have a good time like listening to our music and being like okay like I, we would like them to leave with a with an aha like oh that was cool and then also with a question mark like what did i just listen to what was that like that's something that i've never listened to before it sounds kind of familiar but then it's also new and we want to just leave this small question mark so that they can remember us and then look up our music so that we can get um, more clicks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so those analytics matter. But I think, I mean, I had that experience listening to your music for the first time. So I'm very excited for those who are coming out to Stockton University, but also to you have two additional performances in New Jersey. So I hope that everyone listening will come and see you because your music is lovely. Thank you so much. Of course. It's been really lovely chatting with you. I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, it was lovely um, to talk to you and having somebody who is really interested in our music. So thanks for all those very interesting questions. Cello Kayagam will bring their first big North American tour to Stockton Performing Arts Center in Galloway on February 4th at 2 p.m. Here, you've been listening to Cello Kayagam's Hanyang. For more information, be sure to visit stockton.edu forward slash PAC. If you liked this episode, be sure to review, subscribe, and tell your friends. A transcript of this podcast, links relevant to the story, and more about the arts in New Jersey can be found at jerseyarts.com. The Jersey Arts Podcast is presented by Art Pride New Jersey, advancing a state of creativity since 1986. The show was co-founded by and currently supported by funds from the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, with additional support from the National Endowment for the Arts. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Gina Marie Rodriguez. Executive producers are Jim Atkinson and Isaac Cerna-Diaz. And my thanks to Saul Daniel Kim for speaking with me today. I'm Gina Marie Rodriguez for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.